Jeremy Markovich is the NC Rabbit Hole. Fantastic newsletter. He joins us on Thursdays. We get into weird, ridiculous topics. Jeremy, what's going on, man? Not much. How y'all doing? Are you at a uh, Are you at an abandoned airport right now, or no? <laughs> no, I am just uh, in an abandoned field behind uh, the place where my son's having swim practice. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, I appreciate you taking some time from dedicated to the dedicated craft, man. to the to the rabbit hole. All right, so in today's newsletter, you talked about, is, is it a super secret airport that nobody knows about, or is it a defunct airport? Well, it, the funny thing is, it's it's neither. It's just a very large airport that is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's out in Scotland County, which, uh, if you're familiar with the, the greater Lorenberg area, that's kind of where it is. Okay. What And, and what happens and, to these planes, Jeremy? They just go there and they leave them to rust into oblivion, okay. or what? So they're very so this this place used to be a for like a couple of years during World War II was an was an airbase. And and they actually used they, they, they like did glider training because gliders were a thing that you used to use in war, which seems kind of kind of crazy. And and then after the war they were like, Well, we don't really have any use for this very large airport and so it kinda of sat there for a very long time and, and a company called Charlotte Aircraft was like, That seemed like the perfect spot to, to just get planes, take them apart, and scrap them for parts. So if you happen to be driving around sort of out, you know, maybe two hours from anywhere, you're gonna, you might come across, like, a 747 that looks like it's being, like, eaten by vultures, basically. Like, like, like windows are taken out, like, the, the, the nose is off, that sort of thing. It is an airport graveyard. It's an airplane graveyard sort of out in the middle of nowhere. But where does this stuff go? And it's not like people are jacking catalytic converters out of these things. Like, what, 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 what's happening to them? Well, they go to other airlines. So it's sort of like, you know, you, if, you're, if you're an airline and maybe you need to replace some seats or you need uh, some new window, you, you need to replace some stuff, it's kind of spare parts. So they kind of go through every single plane to figure out what can we, what can we use from this plane and, 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 and basically what can we sell. Uh, one exception is there is a large, like like the nose of a 747, an old Northwest Airlines 747, uh, that has been sort of like stuffed and mounted on like 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 you would do like you know like a deer, uh, <laughs> except for that they've mounted it at the Smithsonian. So that is one uh, place where a an a, a piece of a jetliner from this place ended up. Okay. I'm gonna sound old here, Jeremy, and and you might be a little bit younger, so. I can't believe the hipsters haven't turned these into Airbnbs. Mm, that's a good point. That is a fantastic idea. Yeah. Um, you can run that sh- by Charlotte Aircraft. Um, <laughs> when I asked them very politely a couple of years ago if I could go take a tour of this, this place, they were like, I don't see why anybody would want to do that. So they're, they're very much like... Um, now, you know, yeah, see, this, no, is, this, is, this is North Carolina. You, close. close. Not an Airbnb. A brewery. Brewery. Ah, brewery. So close. That uh, somebody's making some really crazy IPA out of the back of a jet fuel. The Wright Brothers IPA. Sure. And the, it, it actually flows out of an engine port or something. I want it out of how. that air conditioning valve. Yeah. Just, psh, yeah. I, yeah. Can I suggest uh, food plane? Food plane? Like you, you just you just oh. dip a big chunk of plane. No, and actually, you tow it and you take it to like Durham and you you put it there and you serve like tacos out of the back. No, of the but plane. this is okay. So this is what's happening, Jeremy. Because have you been uh-huh. to, have you been to the shipping container concepts? 
yes, I have seen them. There are some down at the beach that they're renting out as Airbnbs. That's okay. Carolina Beach. Okay, so if you go to Asheville, there's, I believe it's called like Smoky Hollow Supper Club. It's right there on yes. the French Broad. That's all uh-huh. done out of shipping containers. Uh, you can go here locally. Uh, out to um, out to RTP, and there's a bunch of like full steams out there. I think Lawrence Barbecue is out there, and uh, it's all just done from old shipping containers. So why wouldn't they do the same concept where I can get some you know dank tacos out of some fuselage? I, I yeah, I would like I would like like sushi that has been wrapped inside the like the wrapping of like a, like a boeing 737 Jeez. like I, I i would like everything to be to be circular and sliced into pieces all right and served that way jeremy markovich nc rabbit hole is the newsletter highly recommend you subscribe to it all right get back to swim practice man will do all right it's the rg alongside joe Gilio. i'm joe ovias we got ideas joe we do i like the airbnb idea we're here for the people I think there was a uh, there was an Airbnb that I stumbled across where you could have stayed in a caboose. Yes. Yeah. So it was just a random com- caboose on a large field. There's an old train car in Wisconsin where I lived that was a restaurant. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Aviator Brewing should also look to invest. Probably, yes. yeah. I was going to say Aviator's got their hands in just about everything these days. I think they're even opening up a new concept in Verena. Not just Fuquay. Mm. There's specific things in Farina that you can't get in Fuquay. I, I don't know if you knew that. this or not. I do. They're two totally different things, man. Totally a- distinct. ACDC, man. Exactly. Exactly. I. Hmm. What would you call the beer? Jet fuel? No, we do better than that. Okay, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. I kind of like that. You like jet fuel? Yeah, I like jet fuel. Yeah, jet fuel's not bad. I can, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with that. I'm serving up that. some jet fuel. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be like what's the max? The max ABV you can do in the state of North Carolina is fourteen point nine percent. Okay, anything fifteen percent and above is a no no. This is why you can't find like Dogfish one twenty IPA unless I bring some back for you, which you do not drink. I, now. No, I can't. Uh, it's got to be like something Biscoff Brew or something. <laughs> it comes with a little cookie flavor. You know what? <laughs> I like it. Oh, you gotta, you gotta have pale ale. You gotta have some sort of salted something like a like a pretzel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the pre- oh, the pretzels. The pre- these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button. Like some ACC presidents might smash the table if uh, they gotta go out and look for a new commissioner. Look, this is all speculation, but it is something that clearly popped into my brain when I saw the news today that Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren is going to take the president and CEO job of the Chicago Bears. This is this has been a news item that's been bubbling around for a bit. I remember hearing from somebody in the Chicago media saying, hey, man, what's this I hear about Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner? maybe leaving that post to take the president and CEO gig for the Chicago Bears, which, look, there's connections there. Uh, Jim Phillips is a Chicago native, has spent time, uh, you know, Northwestern most recently as the AD, uh, and, you know, he's a he, he's a business-minded guy. You might not agree with his vision of things for the NCAA, right, but he's a, he's a business-minded guy, a holistic approach guy. So it ended up being Kevin Warren instead, who's got a background – uh, outside of collegiate sports, and that's why they brought him in to be the Big Ten commissioner. 
So sure enough, Jillio, I, I go to the athletic, you know, the person that I trust to have some sort of insight on where the big 10 might be going on things is our friend, Nicole Auerbach. Mm-hmm. She, she works, would know. She would know. She works for the big, big 10 network. And as I go to the story titled who will replace Kevin Warren, a list of big 10 commissioner candidates. The first name is Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner who was in the running for that job back in 2019 before they went and did the curveball, like all like all searches have curveballs, right? Uh, we're all you know. Debbie Yao was a curveball as an AD when she got to NC State. Heck, uh, their president, uh, where the chancellor of NC State was also a little bit of a curveball. Randy and, Woodson. Randy Woodson was a little bit of a curveball too. Regardless, these things kind of play out that way. But some other names uh, that had been floated out there to be the next Big Ten commissioner would include Gene Smith, the athletic director of Ohio State, or Stanford athletic director Bernard Muir. So there's there's some there's some names out there, but Phillips is the one that matters around here because well he literally just got the job as the ACC commissioner not that long ago. Kevin Warren was on that job for 30 months, and this is why this is important. In an era where we don't know where college sports is headed, and the Big Ten's kind of a big mover and shaker in that department. Yeah. I mean the SEC and the Big Ten are the ones that ultimately call the shots, and Jim, you know. John Swafford, to his credit, had a good relationship with Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, and they would try to work in tandem with stuff. But going forward, it's like everybody for themselves for the most part, as we saw with the college football playoff expansion. So there's a major power vacuum in college sports at a time where we don't know who's leading what. So somewhere Greg Sankey's like little finger, you know, chaos is a ladder for me, so let's keep pushing what the SEC wants in the grand scheme of things. It's all a very interesting time in college athletics right now. Yeah, don't forget Kevin Warren's the one who uh, broke the, uh, the 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 oath to Jim Phillips because remember they all they looked each other in the eye. <laughs> I looked him dead in the sockets, and I said, "Dare roll," and I said, "Dare roll." I will not break. What was it called again? I already forgot. You said that. What no. was? Oh, I totally forgot now. What was it called, Cox? The the Pac-12? It was the Alliance. Ace, uh, the Alliance. Yeah, the, the Alliance. Alliance. They bro- Kevin Warren's the one who broke the Alliance. I, know. I think it was the NWO. Yeah. And he was the third man. But whose side is he on? So, you know, Jim Phillips maybe has, maybe has a, a grudge to hold in that regard. I mean, listen, I don't think there was any secret that Jim Phillips wanted to be the Big Ten commissioner. Mm-hmm. That was the job that he had coveted. He had interviewed for. Many people thought he would get that job. And I think he got the ACC job for a lot of the reasons that you had laid out. He had no connection to the league, but he is a lifer in the NCAA, and he is considered to be you know, someone who is understands college sports. I'll say this. Since what the Big Ten has done in adding UCLA and USC and expanding their television contract, I, and listening to Kevin Warren from the Big Ten media days, he is diametrically opposed to Jim Phillips and his viewpoints on yeah. what college sports is supposed to be or is. I'll point this out about the Big Ten, and it's businessy, but it's important context here. Kevin Warren knocked out all the particulars of moving the Big Ten forward, from the college football playoff expansion to the new television contract that makes it the most lucrative out there for a Power Five conference, and, as you mentioned, the additions of USC and UCLA. And it's entirely possible Jim Phillips, who's in that Skull and Bones club that you like to talk about, Notre Dame product and everything else, mm-hmm. Never sleep on the fact that if people were already poking around about the grant of rights for the ACC, as locked down as it is, who's to say that Jim Phillips might not actually be brought back in to see if Notre Dame maybe reconsiders, and again, speculation, 
but with those Notre Dame ties and Big Ten ties, tries to bring that together Could be in the future. So just something to keep an eye on the next time a television negotiation comes around, which in the Big Ten's case will be in eight years. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Some NFL news and notes. You've got Derek Carr, who released a Twitter statement today, essentially saying his time with the Raiders is done. Carr's contract calls for a $40 million guarantee in mid-February. I believe it's just after the Super Bowl. And the Raiders are going to try to trade Derek Carr, although Derek Carr does have a a no-trade clause. But there's a caveat here. There is in the contract something that calls for the ability of the Raiders to cut Derek Carr and only have a cap hit of like $5.6 million. That would be beneficial for them financially, obviously. And it would be beneficial for Derek Carr to go wherever the heck he wants. And there will be a market for Derek Carr. So we'll talk about that and the status of Lamar Jackson for the playoffs with Brooke Pryor, ESPN, next. Let's talk to Brooke Pryor, ESPN. She covers Pittsburgh Steelers. You can catch her on get up in various other places as well and i believe she's in the middle of a coffee run so we appreciate that what up brooke <laughs> uh not much i'm over here thinking like should i be texting in for the tv am i allowed to do that because today i took down all my christmas decorations and my tv looks very small mm. i'm not in a very big space yeah so i could use a 70 inch tv maybe I, I should negotiate that next time technically since you are not an employee i yeah. believe you Text can enter i believe you can enter i just i don't know okay keep uh, listen or, or, i know that my husband's listening so he should be he should be sending in some texts we have different last names no one would ever know how would we how well, we would how, know. How, we we would know. You would know, but no one else would know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Speaking of not knowing anything, we don't <laughs> we don't know anything about Lamar Jackson and his status for the Baltimore Ravens. And I know some people want to make this a little bit more nefarious, maybe because of the lingering contract that was not negotiated earlier in the off season, and he bet on himself. And even an injured Lamar Jackson is going to go for a lot of money in this offseason. So where, what are you hearing with Lamar, who did not practice today? Uh, you know, I don't think that nefarious is the right word, but I, and I, and I don't know that this is a purely business decision on Lamar's part either. Let's okay. be honest. Like, this PCL injury is an injury that drastically affects the way that Lamar Jackson plays. The way it's been described to me by – you know, guys who've played for a long time, guys like Rob Ninkovich, who I, you know, am on TV with most weeks, says that it's one that when you get driven into the ground and your knee is contacting the ground, like that irritates the PCL. That is, that's in, going to be an issue when you already have a pre-existing injury. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, I don't know how much I'm willing to get out there and, and try to play at whatever percentage I am if I'm not 100% healthy and the only way for him to get healthy is to not play and by the way that health is going to factor into whatever kind of contract he gets um at this point my expectation is that we will not see him play this weekend um I I, I kind of feel like he hasn't practiced. He didn't practice yesterday. I mm -hmm. don't believe he practiced today. No, he didn't. I know not. that, you know, Lamar Jackson in a shadow of himself is probably better than Tyler Huntley, but <laughs> still, he hasn't played in a long time. I don't know that this is the smartest decision for him. 
I, at this point, I would not expect him to play this weekend, and I think that the Ravens will probably try to franchise tag him and then do a year-to-year deal. But this is, to me, this is the consequences of the Ravens' actions in not signing him to the deal that he wanted back during training camp. I was going to say, this doesn't have to be nefarious, Joe. This can just be if the Ravens had given Lamar Jackson the same contract that Deshaun Watson got. Mm. Uh, let's phrase it that way. If Lamar Jackson had that contract and was locked up, do you think he would play in this game? I think so. I would feel better about it. I mean, in that situation, if you're paying, if you're guaranteeing me millions of dollars, I'm feeling a lot better about putting my body on the line. Yeah. 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 Let's be honest. You know, that's. I don't think it's nefarious. I think he's looking out for him. I don't think he's being selfish either. I don't think he's healthy. To to be clear, I'm not saying it is. Oh, no, I'm not saying you are. And I get that people are like, oh, there's a conspiracy. But that's not a conspiracy. That's a player looking out for his own yeah. for his own no, future, and, and I and I agree with that because sentiment. they are gonna they are going to franchise him. Yeah, it's and obvious at this point. Honest, this is not a Super Bowl team. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm looking around at the rest of this team, and I'm like, I'm not gonna put myself out there for yeah. this. Like, we don't have a legitimate shot. This the AFC is so top heavy. The Ravens are and the Ravens are not at the top there. So yeah. why would I sacrifice myself? knowing that I'm not paid and that they could hold this against me if I get even more hurt, how is that going to affect my future worth? Hey, look, we understand it's business. It's business in a lot of different ways. So, and this is uh, this is part of it. Just like the Ravens looked at it at business when they didn't give him that contract, now Lamar Jackson's looking at it from his own perspective on business. And the one thing that uh, is clear about Lamar Jackson, another, and again, to tie it into how things are discussed, and maybe you can explain how some of the sausage is made in this business, Brooke, he doesn't have an agent. And oftentimes it's the agents that are helping shape how we talk about things in the national media. We joke about this all the time. It's our favorite topic, Brooke, with Russell Wilson, right? When Russell Wilson wasn't getting the love he felt he should be getting, guess who helped started talking about some trade rumors, right? Right. He doesn't exactly, want to right? be traded. These are just the five teams he traded. It's kind of like Jim Harbaugh. I'm a Michigan man until somebody offers me a job. <laughs> yeah, I, that honestly, like Lamar not having an agent is the most interesting part of all of this. Yeah. And by the way, Roquan Smith just signed a long-term deal with the Ravens, what, yesterday, two days ago, that makes him, I believe, the highest paid uh, linebacker, off-ball linebacker. I am intrigued by that because Roquan Smith also doesn't have an agent. Um, it is very unusual for a player to not have an agent and go through these negotiations um i i don't know what it means but i kind of feel like windhorse a little bit right now like something's going on in baltimore like that i just i've wanted to do it for weeks and and you can't see my hands because the camera's so zoomed in and there's nothing i can do <laughs> but i'm doing the, the windy fingers i'm trying <laughs> i like it I like what it. We, is going on we, in baltimore we have visualized it we have visualized it good Brooke Pryor, ESPN. She covers the Steelers. She's joining us here on the OG. All right. Speaking of jobs, it seems, I don't know what you're picking up on when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and and what David Tepper might be interested in. I mean, we've made the argument for Steve Wilkes, and and that includes a plan that brings on an offensive coordinator, as long as it's not Matt Canada. And... (laughs) But it, it's pretty it's pretty clear that David Tepper has a type, right? We all got a type. 
David Tepper's type right now seems to be offensive coordinator who was a quarterback at some point in time. That is that the type across the league right now? You know, I think it had been. I mean, shoot, we all know Josh McCown's going to end up being the Texans coach, mm-hmm. and he's never been a coordinator. So who's to say? Were you a former quarterback or did you know Sean McVay? <laughs> Job's yours. Yes, that's always Um But, you know, I – I understand why Tepper is is interviewing these guys because the thing has been recently the trend is let's hire an offensive hotshot who can come in here and you know he's going to wow us with the next generation evolution of of offense. We all everybody is looking for the new Shanahan, um, and I get that. But when I look at Steve Wilkes. And I look at the job that he did with the Panthers at the end of the year, David Tepper would be crazy mm-hmm. to not hire him full time. Um, and, you know, then, yes, bring in an offensive coordinator that can do something with that offense. Well, I look, there, but there, I, there's I, also that we also have to be honest about how these things get played out. It's not just that he's a defensive guy. He's he's also a blackhead coach. And I'll just go ahead right. and say it. If, if Steve Wilkes were. I don't know. Luke, Luke DeCock put this in my head uh, the other day. It's like if Joe Brady was still on the staff, right, and he was the one who went 6-6, six and six, are we not talking about Joe Brady as a shoe-in to get this job or maybe another team comes in to give Joe Brady? Joe Brady was getting looks after one season that was eh with the Carolina Panthers. It's it's pretty, It's fairly obvious how this works right now. Yes, you are absolutely right because for too long – there has been a narrative and a precedent, let's be honest, set by NFL owners that they hire blackhead coaches or elevate them to be interims to clean up the mess. Mm-hmm. And then they use the record that they had when they were cleaning up the mess against them and sweep them out and get replaced with, you know, a whitehead coach, one of those up and coming hotshot mm-hmm. guys. Um, I mean, the Texans honestly are a great example to go from David Cully, who had an impossible job, to Lovey Smith, who had an impossible job, who was also hired only after the Texans got a ton of blow blowback for doing things like interviewing Josh McCown and making him a legitimate candidate. <laughs> so I do think that, like, guys, it is time to give the head coach, the black head coach that came in, again, in an impossible situation Give him a full season. Give him longer than a full season. Yeah, like, it's more than that. You're not going to have a right. You're not going to have a quick turnaround for, you know, as much as that's what you want, and as much as that's what it seems like the NFL wants now. Are these like, all right, you're in here, and in August we want a Super Bowl by February. That's not how it works. I think that Steve Wilkes needs to be given a longer leash, more control over the team to make roster decisions, things like that. That's if I'm David Tepper, that's the first person that I'm offering the job to. Brooke Pryor, ESPN, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Vias. I'm Joe Giglio. I'm looking at these games, Brooke, and there's a couple of coin tosses in there. But the Vikings and the Giants game, I don't, do we trust Kirk Cousins? Do we trust Daniel Jones? Do we trust Brian Dayball? Do we trust Saquon Barkley? I I don't know. This this feels like one that could go either way. Truly could go either way to me. Yeah, and, and it's funny because one of my friends today texted my husband and I, who also, um, he does blogging um, for a sports website, and she said, 
you know, I don't know a lot about NFL, but I have to, at work, we're doing like a survivor pool where we have to pick who we think wins and then our confidence in those picks. And our top three were all the same. I think we all, I think Teddy and I both had the Bills winning, the Bengals winning, and the 49ers. And then we split on the other ones. I picked the Giants and he picked the Vikings because I, I really, I wanted to believe in the Vikings. I really did. Mm -hmm. But I just can't. Every time <laughs> I jump on the wagon, I just, yeah, the point differential is an issue. Uh, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. And I just think that the Giants, I, I trust Saquon more than I trust Daniel Jones. Um, but I think the Giants can get hot. To me, the Vikings are are a pretender. And they have been all season. They've had some moments where, yeah, they've looked really good. But they remind me a lot of the 2020 Steelers where they ripped off 10, 11 wins in a row and then fell apart down the stretch. That is the Minnesota Vikings. They just have a better-looking quarterback. Is Teddy in the car? He is not, no. But it does feel like I'm plugging his work a lot. That's cool. I told him to listen. That's fine. You know, he, he may not be. Well, I mean, look, I mean, you guys, you guys are still fairly, it's been what, two years, three years since you guys been married? Three years. Three years. Three. Okay. Yeah. You're at that point now where the spouse is not necessarily like, oh, you you were on TV again. Cool. Whatever. That, yeah, that's correct. The the novelty has yeah, the worn no, off. Yeah. The novelty is clearly, ago. yeah. Yeah. Listen, it's worn off for my parents a while ago when I was on <laughs> Monday Night Countdown. Uh -huh. I text my mom like, hey, like, are you going to watch? And she was, ah. <laughs> You know, it's the only night we can get to the Christmas lights mm. in Rutherford. I yeah. was like, are you, are, you, are you serious? Yes. Um, <laughs> the lights they watched more the important clip a week you. later. Yes, they, yeah. they sure were. It's good to know where you stand in your own family. Yeah. Hey, look. Something to that. It happened. Like, anytime I'd make, like, a brief appearance on WRAL for something, man, I'd get, oh, it's great. You know, if my parents will let me know now, it's, it's like, whatever. Nobody, it's fine. It's It's old hat at this point. Uh, but yeah, next time I'll have Teddy hang out. You know, your season. I'll, I'll let him know. Your season's done, right? There's nothing going on in Pittsburgh land. You're out running. To, you're, I mean, out, you're doing a target run right now. Here's the thing. I am, and that is the beautiful <laughs> thing about the off season is that the world is my oyster. I get to do midday, midweek target runs. <laughs> but you know what? You're going to jinx me into news about Matt Canada. Like, it will come out when I'm in aisle five, mm -hmm. and I've got half a cart full of, like, definitely, like, refrigerated foods and frozen items. Look. So I'm going to look like a horrible person when I just leave it there and have to go run and write a story. Brooke, I'm always going to beat you on this particular topic because the day I got a COVID booster, and we'll wrap on this, the day I got a COVID booster, I'd taken the day off, the, or the following day because I knew I was going to feel like crap, do you know what day that was? That was April 1st, 2021. Do you know what happened on April 1st, 2021? Is that when Roy retired? Yeah, that's when Roy retired. So you yeah. know who came in and powered through with three coats wow. on and a and a and a hoodie and I, I had three. I had the worst chills possible. But damn it, I am going to be on the radio the day Roy retires. Joe, you were there? I was bundled up. So That's what a pro, honestly. We're so lucky to have you oh, on the radio. Stop it.
We'll talk to you next by week. By the way, yeah. by the way, Julio, uh, I do think that Matt Canada is going to end up keeping his job. No. So I just want to, we didn't get to get to that. So I just, I wanted just, to leave you with that. That's so a drop mic. marinate on it. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a drop mic. All right. Have fun at Target. We'll talk to you later, bro. It's the OG. You guys. Alongside Joe Chilio. I'm Joe Ovias. Dennis, how do you feel about that? You're the Pittsburgh guy. I'm hurt. Oh, boy. Why? Well, <laughs> but hey. <laughs> Clemson needs a new offensive <laughs> coordinator. Maybe, maybe Matt Canada goes back to college. I don't Please, know. Brett, no, 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 no. Dabble has better sense than that.